Praise the Lord. It's a, definitely a different hour that we're in. I can remember the time when you came to service with your running shoes on, if you were a preacher, <laughs> to see if you could race to the pulpit first. But it seems like that's, that's something for the past. And there are a lot of things that were in the past that are no longer applicable or true now. Amen? And the thing of it is is that we've had a, a lot of wonderful things that have happened to us as a people over the decades that we've been in this flow of the Spirit. And it's easy, it would be easy to build a shrine to some of the experiences and some of the places that we've been in God and some of the experiences that we've had but if we do that what happens is it keeps us from moving on and we're hearing about a shift tonight and that we're we're moving on from what was into what God's eternal purpose is for you and I and, and isn't that what we want tonight uh, to see this thing come to full fruition and I've been recently in the book of Ephesians just totally enamored by this this man, the Apostle Paul, uh, some of the things that God took him through, the places that God brought him from, the, his religious experience and who he was uh, before. You know, a Jew of the Jews, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, one that was so committed to Judaism that he would, would go about with, uh, someone said, a, a jihad or an ethnic cleansing trying to get rid of Christians and that God would take this man and meet him on the road to Damascus and knock him down with a light above the brightness of the noonday sun and, and brothers and sisters tonight I believe that light that shone on that man was the complete lump sum gospel that God was revealing to him all at once and it totally blinded him to everything that he thought he knew. That would be a good thing to happen to, to us tonight. To, to be blinded to some of the religious ideas and ideologies that we've had. And can I even, can I say this? And even some move-isms. Uh, because if, if we're not careful, we can get stuck in tradition that keeps us from moving on into the fulfillment of a life which is what God is wanting to do. And I, I love it over here in Ephesians. Uh, I, I don't want to take too long because you guys have come out tonight. And, but chapter 2, he starts out by wanting to bring us to remembrance. He says, Wherefore remember that you, being in time past, do you remember what you were in times past? Sometimes it's good to remember in, in a correct way. And, and, and also to recognize that it's something that's in the past. That it's not true of you now. No, we're not completely. It doesn't yet appear. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. But it does not yet appear. We know where we are now. But you know what? It doesn't yet appear what we shall be. But we know this. That when He shall appear, we will be like Him. For we will see Him as He is. And that's what we're looking for today. So remember that you, being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. This is all something that was in the past. Having no hope and without God in the world. But now, somebody please say, but now. But now. That, that, when does that mean? If you if, get your strongs out and all of you that have got those little electronic gadgets and punch, punch on now, you're going to find out that it means now. But now. In Christ Jesus, you, somebody say, that's talking to me. You who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the only thing that can make you nigh. I don't know if you've come in here tonight feeling like your track record 
uh, is keeping you separated from God. But there's only one thing tonight, brothers and sisters, that can bring you nigh to Him, and that's the blood of His of the Son, Jesus Christ. I don't care what your track record was. I don't care what your performance was. There's only one thing that brings you and I nigh, and that's the blood. Maybe, maybe you had a bad day. Maybe you had a bad week. Maybe you've had a bad life. But I don't care where you were. Maybe you got in a fight with your wife before you got here. Or your kids got you all upset and you said something stupid. I want to tell you something that right now, the mercy seat is open. The blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel, Abel is being applied. The high priest that's over the house of God. Listen, I know you're tired of preachers. I know that you're tired of all that kind of stuff. But you know something? When we get together, He's promised that where two or three are gathered together, that He would be in the midst. And He's in the midst of the house as a high priest. And you know what He's doing? He's not just walking around the aisles, but He's walking up and down inside of you and I in the true tabernacle that the Lord pitched and not man. And He's sprinkling your heart from a guilty conscience. Christian, you have no right to walk around with a guilty conscience when you carry the high priest that is, that is sprinkling. Just, just like the high priest did in the, in the Old Covenant, went about the tabernacle sprinkling every, every vessel in that tabernacle. The covenant, everything was sprinkled with the blood. And you know something today? Because of that blood, I, you're clean today. Can you receive that tonight? There's no need for you to leave this house with a guilty conscience. If you'll let Him minister to you tonight wherever you are, regardless of your past, regardless of your track record, if you will turn to Him. Why is that? Why, why, why do we have such grace? So that we can continue in sin? No. You have it so that you can stay connected right. to the only source that can actually get you anywhere. There's nothing that can keep you connected but the provision and the propitiation and the mercy seat that's been provided for you and I. Right. And outside of that connection, good luck trying to get anywhere except, with, except having religion. And can I ask you tonight, how does that work for you? And, and let's not, I'm not preaching at you. We've all had our, our, our time with it, amen? We've tried to do this thing. We have tried to perform. But I want to promise you something tonight. The Word of God says that He that began to work in you is the same one that will complete it. He, he's the one that said it, and I know that you, you're hearing it over and over. I will never... Some, somebody say never. never. And really, it, it's, it's, it's double negative. I will never, ever leave you. I will never, ever forsake you. I am with you till the end. I don't know. I, his intention. I'm beginning to get convinced of his intention to bring me all the way home. That He didn't just bring me out to lead me halfway. Thank you so much. And He didn't just bring you out to lead you halfway. He brought you out to bring you in. All the way into the land. And, we, and sometimes you can mistake the manna and all the supernatural things that happen in the holy place, which is nothing more than a wilderness experience. But I want to tell you something. There's a shift. Moses is dead. And there's a people that are going to begin to experience the manna ceasing. And that are going to begin to start partaking from within of the fruit of the land. I believe that. I believe there's a grace that is yet to be revealed to you and I. And that we're on the precipice of it. 
Let me get, get, get going here. Verse 14. For he is our peace who has made both one. Now what's the subject here? Circumcision and uncircumcision. And has broken down the middle wall of partition between us having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, for to make in himself of the twain one new man so making peace and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. You know, it says over in Galatians that circumcision does not avail you anything. Neither does uncircumcision. So God would take both the Jew and the Gentile, the circumcision and the uncircumcision, and he would break down the middle wall of partition uh, in, the, in the law of carnal commandments that was there that, that divided you and I from the commonwealth of Israel, from the promises of God. And that of the two, he would make one new man. And really, folks, tonight, that is what creation is looking for. And that word new is the word kainos. We've said it before. It's a new kind of man. And, you know, and I'm amazed at the amount of people in Jesus' church tonight that are so infatuated with natural Israel that, that, that as if they were to have some place above everybody else but can I submit to you tonight that regardless of what your, your natural nationality is it profits you nothing the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him. You know, listen, this, and John said it, and, and, and Dan said it last night as well, over in Colossians chapter 3.10. And you can turn there if you want. You don't have to. I can read it. Uh, verse 9 says, Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, yeah. which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him, that created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew. There's neither circumcision. There's not uncircumcision. There's neither barbarian nor Scythian nor bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. And if that's not enough, he goes on in Galatians chapter 3.27, he says, For as many of you, of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there is neither Jew. Now, listen. I want you to appreciate the depth of the work that's gone on in the man that's penned these words. The Pharisee of the Pharisee. I mean, so zealous for the Jewish religion that God would call him and make him an apostle to the Gentiles blows my mind. That the depth of the work of grace that happened in him can God do that in you? Wow. That he would pen the, the book of Ephesians and tell you that in, in chapter 1 that he has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And you got Christians that say, I just want to go to Israel. I want to walk where Jesus walked. Well, friends, you can walk where he walked. And Brother Sam had it right. I walk in the heavenlies blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ I, if you want to go to Israel I don't have a problem with that but I just don't want you to to be disappointed because that's not really where it's at tonight there is an Israel of God there is the true Israel of God the true Prince of God and that Prince of God is Christ that Prince of God is a new kind of creature where God Himself would break down the middle wall of partition between the two and of the two would make one new man. And in them there would be no natural nationality but just a new kind, an unprecedented, unheard of kind of creature. A new kind of man. I'm looking at a new kind of man in front of me. You were in times past something else. But now... Now are you the sons of God. Now, if you're in Christ, you are this new man. At varying levels and stages of growth. 
And you know, growth is such a theme throughout the New Testament. I mean, if you even look at Romans, starting in Romans, you find out it's the mature sons that are led, it's the huios that are led by the Spirit. If you go on into Corinthians, you find him in, 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 uh, de describing in, in, in chapter 13 what a spiritual man looks like. And he goes down and describes love. And at the end of it, he says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. I behaved like a child. But when I became a man, and previously he lists all the gifts and provisions that are wonderful, but maturity makes these things of, of no consequence. They are there to help bring you to maturity. But when maturity comes, these things will pass away. And folks, there's about to be a harvest from the earth because of the seed that fell into the ground and died. He's not going to abide alone. He's going to have many sons that are going to stand with him on that governmental mount called Zion. In that realm of life in the Spirit where he is, where he said he wanted us to be with him tonight. That God would call you before the foundation of the world by name. Write your name in His book. What do you think about that? I mean, God can do that, can't He? Did He do that with Cyrus? 150 years before Cyrus was ever born, God spoke by, through prophet Isaiah and called him by name. What, what about Josiah, the, the king? 300 years before this Young man was born. God called him. There's coming forth the king. His name is Josiah, and he will burn the bones of these priests upon this altar. But ladies and gentlemen, they aren't the only two that God spoke about, that God wrote names in a book, called them by name. I'm telling you, saints, tonight that He called you by name and wrote your name in His book before the foundation of the world, just even more so. Yes, the Jews are God's chosen people. Come on. Jesus said this, I have chosen you. You have not chosen me. And I've ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. You're chosen tonight in a new man. You're a new kind of man. Yes, you may be growing, but you are a new creature. Verse 17, And He came and preached peace to you that were far off and to them that were nigh. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Can I ask you a question tonight? What are you doing with that access? Do you understand that there's an open door? John said it in Revelation chapter 4. I looked and behold in heaven, a door opened in heaven. And a throne. And one sat upon a throne. And he was to look upon. What are you doing with the access that's been given to you? Are you taking advantage of what Jesus' death and resurrection has made available to you? Are you availing yourself of this Father? Jesus is our example. He came to bring us to the Father. He Himself said that without Him, I can do nothing. And you have access. That means a lot to me tonight. Am I taking advantage of it? Yeah, but not enough. Unbroken fellowship with God is something that's available. Is it too high of a mark? Is it, is it too high of an aim? To aim at a life that, that is in the Spirit 24 hours a day. That is in unbroken communion. And how do we get there? Except through faith, trust, and surrender. 
tell you what, when I walk in the Spirit, I have peace. How about you? When I misbehave, now you're thinking, he misbehaves. So do you. Come on, right? How do you feel when you misbehave? You don't have peace. That's a teacher that tells you you ought to behave. Dan says we learn obedience by obeying. Your misbehaving just teaches you that you need to learn to obey. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Did you not get that? We'll, we'll talk about it later. Sister <laughs> Betty says it. he might need to learn that. I don't know. I, I don't live here, so I can't tell you for sure. <laughs> But saints, the good news is tonight that you have access. No matter if you feel guilty, no matter how you feel, we heard last night about the throne of grace that is opened up. And the time that you access the throne of grace is not when you have your life all in order. The time that you access the throne of grace is in your time of need. That you might find grace to help in time of need. So you don't want to wait. Uh, well, I look, what, look at how I acted. I just yelled at my wife or I did this or, or whatever I did, or I thought this or I got mad at my brother or something I can't go to God now well I want to tell you something if you ever intend on getting out of it you better go to him now that you might find the grace to help get out of it and that you might stay connected so that you can continue to grow so that that life that organic life of God that is in your spirit can come out into your soul and eventually affect your body because salvation is something that, that works out. And, and I want to tell you something, and I, I believe this, and you don't have to agree with it. I believe your spirit is saved. And you might say to me, well, what do you think about the Scripture that says, cleanse yourself, therefore, from all filthiness of flesh and spirit? Well, I'll tell you what it means to me, and, and you can witness to it or not. But when it's talking about cleansing yourself from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, I believe it's talking about the influences of the, upon the soul of both the flesh and other spirits. Cleansing yourself. Because your spirit is the holiest of all. And Christ, by faith, may live in your hearts, we heard about tonight. That's in your spirit. And salvation is in your spirit. The spirit is life because of righteousness. Your spirit, small s. Right now, part of you is absolutely saved. And that salvation is coming out of your spirit and into your soul. This woman, our soul, she's had five husbands. She's been married to the five senses that have drawn us out into every kind of temptation this world has to offer. It, it presents itself to the soul, to woman, my soul. Through the five husbands, our five senses. But there's one thing to be drawn out. That's why when every man is tempted, he is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Drawn away from what? Drawn away from an inward relationship with an inner man. With a hidden man. The hidden man of the heart, which is incorruptible, the Scripture says. Does it say that or am I reading it wrong? Is a meek and quiet spirit incorruptible incorruptibility, everything that you need is in your spirit tonight. You are the Ark of the Covenant overlaid on the inside with partaking of the divine nature, soon to be overlaid on the outside. Wood, humanity, justified, redeemed humanity, partaking of the divine nature. And instead of being drawn out to things that can't satisfy, like Jesus told the woman at the well. Being drawn inward and drinking of the water that flows from out from under the threshold of the house. That if any man drinks of this water, he'll never thirst again. Completely satisfied. It's hard to tempt a satisfied man. Finding your satisfaction. And the soul is being saved by becoming joined to the Lord 
And instead of being drawn out, being drawn in, He is knocking from the inside of your spirit upon the door of your soul tonight. Song of Songs chapter 5 says, Open to me. Open to me, my sister, my spouse. For my locks are wet with the drops of the night. He's knocking. He's calling you. Let Him come out of this, your spirit into your soul. Because when the soul is joined to the Lord, it loses the lower, weak, carnal, everything that we call the soul. Adulterous nature and becomes a virtuous woman. She becomes one spirit. And when that happens, the next thing on the agenda is this body will follow suit. This body is basically just a... Your body's not evil. It's just a vessel. It's just a vehicle. People maim their body, they do stuff, and they think their body is evil, or that it's dirty, or it's this, or it's that. It's none of that. It's what you do with it. God's going to give you a new one tonight. And the marriage that, that's happening, and the marriage supper, can be going on right now on the inside of you. When your soul and the hidden man of the heart, Christ in you, get together. If any man will open to me, I'll come in and we'll sup. We'll have a relationship. But what do you think about this relationship tonight? Can I ask you that? I mean, we're all busy, aren't we? You know, you know the parable. A certain man made a wedding for his son. And he sent out the invitations and one said, well, I, I bought a farm. I married a wife. I'm busy in my business. Uh-oh. Okay. I got a, new, got a new contract. I don't have time. Brother, I don't, you, you don't know my schedule. I don't have time for this most, most intimate Marriage is the most intimate relationship in the natural that you and I, the most blessed relationship that we are called to participate in. How much more the marriage of the Lamb? But you know something? I've noticed that if I don't take time in my marriage, hello married people, do you know what I'm talking about? Relationships do take the investment of time. Somebody said, well, I, you don't know. I get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I don't have time. Well, maybe you ought to get up at 5. <laughs> you know, I don't... Listen, when my wife and I were courting and dating and stuff, I would have got up at 3. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Being thanked back here for that. My wife's all oh, going... <laughs> so but what about this highest of relationships what about when you wake up are you wasting your insomnia <laughs> I'm not talking about going through some kind of religious uh, gymnastics I'm talking about maybe pulling yourself up and leaning against the back of your bed and saying I know that you're here you don't sleep or slumber, and it appears that I'm not sleeping either. Can we talk? Don't waste your insomnia. Redeem it. Talk to Him. Because you're, the day that's ahead of you may be filled with tests and trials, and that connection is going to be the source of you having the wherewithal that you need to get through what's in front of you. Every opportunity that you can, take time with Him. And throughout your day, turn to Him. Even in your job, if you just get quiet and just turn to Him. Wherever you are. This is about a relationship, folks. It's not about a religion. I didn't intend to say any of that. So, hopefully the Lord's having His way, or I'm rambling. I'll let you be the judge of that. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to hurry up and get over. Get done here. 
Let's uh, start in verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace. That's good news right there. According to the measure of the gift of Christ. You, you look up here and you see this ministry sitting here. We're all so different. It's, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful that there's not a striving against one another to try to get your line out there, but that you can appreciate the uniqueness of every vessel and of everything that God has planted in each one, and that we can all benefit from that, and the uniqueness of every one of you in here. Because I want to tell you something. What you see up here in the, in, in, in the function of the ministry is going to pass away. It's meant to pass away. And in the life, can I tell you tonight, that in the lives of some, it has already. But it's going to be based upon the maturity. And you see, maturity doesn't happen to everyone all at the same time, but every man in his order. And so the, the function of the fivefold ministry will be going on as long as there's immaturity. But I think there's some people in the house tonight that are not eating of pre-digested food come through another vessel. I've got grandchildren now. I know you're looking at me and thinking, wait a minute, you're too young for that. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I know you want to see pictures, talk to me later. But I have a, a, about a four-month-old granddaughter named Harlow and mama is a nurse and she pumps the milk and everything and the kid but you see what Harlow is eating right now is is what mommy eats and digests it comes through mommy and that's what milk is something that you get from somebody else but can I tell you tonight that because you have access to him that you don't have to get it secondhand that it was never God's intention for you to continue on requiring meetings like this where you have to be fed. Now, I understand that, that what's coming forth for some of you is simply confirmation of things that you've been getting directly from Him. That is your privilege tonight. I was raised in the Catholic Church and I had to go through the priest to get anything. And an innumerable company of saints but can I tell you tonight, that's not the way it is. You have direct access to the one that lives in you. And as John said tonight, the hidden manna is not something that you can get through somebody else. It comes because of maturity. It comes to him that overcometh. You know, I used to read all those promises, and I'm sure maybe you can identify with this. To him that overcometh. That just struck terror in me. Why, you say? Because I wasn't doing so good. Yeah. And I thought, I'm never going to get any of that stuff. Yeah. But then I began to realize. And I began to get hope. Maybe I can impart some of that to you tonight. You see, the Scripture says over in 1 John chapter 5, He that is born of God does something. He overcomes he overcometh the world. It's in, your, it's in the DNA of your new birth to overcome. And you say, well, you, that means... And, and we spiritualized it and put being born again uh, so far up on a pedestal somewhere. Go over to 1 John chapter 5. We'll come back here. And this is... This can let you know whether you've been born of God or not. Verse 1, chapter 5 of 1 John. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, what? Is born of God. Verse 4, and whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And if you go over to, he to, to, to 1 John chapter 2. You can see the different levels of growth. Again, the theme of the New Testament is sonship, but it is a, it's a, a, an underlying theme, a supporting theme is growth. Yeah. 
I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven him, or forgiven you tonight, because of him. I write unto you, you fathers, because you know him. That's from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you're strong and you've overcome. Overcoming requires growth. And tonight, maybe there are things in your life that you have overcome. Maybe there are some things that you want to overcome. But I can tell you tonight that if you will, if you fall down, what are you going to do? Thank you. You're not going to stay there until the count of ten. You get back up. And you use the provision for what it's intended for. Not as a continuation in sin, but as a means to stay connected so that you can continue to grow. Because if you continue to grow and you leave being a little child and you come in to be a young man in Christ, you will overcome. And you will go on to become fathers that know Him. I used to think about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. Another thing that struck terror in my heart because it seemed like that right after he was baptized, there he went. I'm like, Phew. tempted of the devil for 40 days without food. First of all, that's the first thing. Wow. But you know something? Unto every one of us is given a measure of grace according to the gift of Christ. But when Jesus went down to those baptismal waters, the Holy Spirit, without measure, descended in bodily form upon Him. And John said, this, the, the one, the same that you see the Spirit descending upon and remaining. When He went into the wilderness, it said He was driven in one place by the Spirit. In another place, it says that He was led do you realize that God did not allow him to go through that wilderness testing until he had received the measure of the eternal spirit sufficient to help him get through that? Right. Can I tell you tonight, don't let it strike terror in your heart because God will never take you through something that he's not already equipped you to go through as a, in victory. Just keep growing. I want to go back to Ephesians 4. Uh, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended on high, uh, he led captivity captive. That means a lot to me tonight because I've had a lot of areas in my life that I've had life-controlling problems. What about you? I know we come in here and we want everybody to think that we've had our act together forevermore. But really, if there are going to be a first fruits, they're going to be the ones that were the worst off, that can give hope to the rest, that if God can do it for us, He can do it for anybody. Maybe you're in here tonight and you're in a captivity of something, but I want you to know that, that Jesus ascended and He led even that captivity captive. And He said, he said I am He that liveth and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of whatever captivity that you're in. And maybe some of the captivity that you might find yourself in tonight, if you just begin to praise Him. Instead of crying in your milk all the time, and I had something going on, and I was praying, I mean, in our business, we had a situation that happened and it was a terrible thing and I was so worried about everything and I was on my knees in the middle of the night and, and, I, and I got up and leaned against the back of the bed and I'm like, and I just felt the Spirit tell me, what about thanking me for all that I've done for you? What about praising the beauty of my holiness? And you know, I began to praise Him. And, and God began to minister to me and bring to my mind the Philippian jail that Paul and Silas, after having been beat to shreds and their feet put in stocks and put in the inner prison, as they begin to praise the Lord, 
as they begin to sing songs and to begin to praise God in that state, in whatever state of captivity that you find yourself, Brother Dan said, it didn't matter whether you had how many 12,000 demons, they could not keep you from worshiping. But as Paul and Silas were there in the inner prison and their feet locked in the stocks, they begin to sing and praise. And the scripture says there was a great earthquake. And it didn't only affect them. The stocks fell off of them. The prison doors swung open. Not only of theirs, but all those that were in the hearing of that song. And the Philippian church was birthed. I don't know how many of those guys that the doors flew open were a part of the assembly in Philippi. But we praise Him tonight. Isn't He wonderful? Hasn't He been good to you? Hasn't He been a good Father? He's not withheld. He will withhold no good thing. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings. He said to the Corinthians, I, I'm so happy for you, Corinthians. You are enriched by Him. And they were carnal. And maybe you've been carnal and I've been carnal. But that's not some place we stay. Aren't you thankful tonight for 2 Corinthians? We've labeled the poor Corinthians. We're going to have to apologize to them. You carnal bunch of big. We've all been there. But maybe, maybe it's time for you to turn the page into 2 Corinthians in your life. There's so much good stuff, not just in Ephesians and Colossians, but in Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, he goes into to the mysteries of the resurrection. In 2 Corinthians, he goes in and lays out the way, the, 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 the principle of the cross. He said, listen, I want you to know that the things that happened to me in Asia have fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. We were pressed out of measure. You know, we've been all been given a measure, but if we're ever going to know the Spirit without measure, we may end up being pressed out of the measure that we currently have. Now that He ascended in verse 9, what is it but that He also descended into the lower parts of the earth? And he that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And real quickly, Brother Dan was talking the other night about out of Philippians chapter 2. And it lays out how he descended. Can we go there? It's worth repeating. And, and I, we could read all from verse 1, but let's just jump in in verse 5 where he says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And you know what, friends? When I used to read that, I thought it meant for me I needed to allow that mind. Is that how you read it? You know, if you look and hit the, hit the uh, concordance in your little electronic gadget, you'll see that it's the Greek word pronio. It means to exercise. It means to utilize what you already have. You know, who has known the mind of the Lord that He may instruct Him? But what? We have. We have the mind of Christ. But you see, it won't, you can have something, but if you don't use it, whatever you use, whatever you exercise will grow. Exercise the mind that's in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Who listen. No matter what you think about Jesus uh, before the foundation of the world, I don't know. It just says who being in the form of God. Can, I mean, I just, without being a theologian, that to me means he was in the form of God. Uh, thought it not something that he had to get by hook or crook. He got it by inheritance. And everything that you have tonight because of him, you did not get by robbery. It was given to you. Everything that you need. All things that pertain to life and godliness are in you and accessible tonight. But made himself of no reputation. Like Dan was saying, that's the kenosis. He emptied himself, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. He became, being in the form of God, he became a man. Not old creation, sinner man. But seed of Abraham, justified by faith man, just like you. It behooved him to be made in all points like you and I. 
Not you and I in our fallen life, not you and I in our unregenerated state, but you and I in our regenerated, born-again state. And the reason that he had to do that, and Dan hit it last night, I don't have to go into that, because by man came death. And it had to be by man that resurrection would come. And so it behooved for, that he might taste death for all of us. And being found in fashion as a man, having been in the form of God, now he's found in fashion as a man. What does he He humbles himself, becomes obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And because of this, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. But you see, and I love what Dan was saying last night, whatever it talks about, things that have happened to him, because of what I believe is the law of entanglement, those that were given by the Father to him, these same things apply. He says to him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and, he shall, and I will write upon him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, and I will write upon him my new name. A name that he didn't have before. When he was in the form of God, he was just pure God. But now what you have is pure divine nature and humanity in one new creature. And friends, that's what you are tonight. At whatever stage of growth you're at tonight, can I just encourage you, use the grace of God for what it's intended to keep growing, to keep walking on with Him. He wants to write on you and I a new name. A name, a character, a personality that's above every other kind of name. That's your destiny. He really means it. Yes. When he says that you're called, your destiny. Yeah. See, we haven't got it yet. It's to be conformed. To the image of the Son. That means to be just like Him. Not religion. Not to become like a communitarian. Understand, I'm not against community. I've lived in community for 45 years. It's a means to an end. But I'm not a communitarian. Can I tell you that there's a difference between corporate life and community life? <laughs> corporate life is the life of God. It's just a characteristic of the life of God. We get together like this. I prefer living like this. It's a blessing. There's a blessing there when the brethren dwell together in unity. It's a place where we can share the corporate life. But I want to tell you something. People can live together and without that life, it's a trailer park. I'm going to go back to Hebrews chapter 4. Thank you for your patience tonight. Excuse me, not chapter 4, not Hebrews, Ephesians. gave some apostles and some prophets and some pastors, evangelists, pastors and teachers. And I'd like to jump over and read verse 12 in the, in the Amplified. His intention was the perfecting. You know, it's important and I think that what's coming in, in, into clarity is the intention of God. And it's invoking confidence. Confidence that causes you and I to not be afraid of drawing near. His intention was the, was the perfecting and full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people. He's telling you why he gave these ministry gifts. 
that they should do. Somebody say, he's talking to me that I need to do something. That they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. That it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension and the full accurate knowledge of the Son of God. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ back over in King James. That we henceforth be no more children. Aren't you tired of being a child? Isn't it time to grow up? Has anybody ever heard of this guy, Jordan Peterson? I think God's got His hand on that man. Jordan Peterson. He's a clinical psychologist who's under a lot of fire right now. And he, he, he has been probably an atheist and a humanist. and He's run smack dab into God. And the guy can hardly talk without crying sometimes. And I'm like, boy, God's after you now. But he said, you know, when people would come to him and their lives were just a shambles. And, and maybe this might be good for somebody in here tonight. This is no extra charge. He said, you know, and he said, Dude, what can I do? What should I do first? He said, well, I want you to go home and I want you to clean your room. Sometimes our lives are so out of order. How about cleaning your room? Just bring some semblance of order. Sometimes I walk into my office and my desk is completely trashed. I don't... Blessing Lord. I know, I wasn't talking about it. I was in his office today. I'm not saying anything else. But you know, I start cleaning stuff up and I'm shredding stuff and, they, and, and my desk is clean. My, you know what? That, that makes me feel that's the first step. You know, your internal light will be expressed in the external. Whatever's going on on the inside will have an expression externally. Clean your room. That might be the first step. That's just for somebody. Maybe some young person. Maybe older people. I don't know. That we be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and by cunning craftiness. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head from whom the whole body fitly joined, compacted together by that which the fivefold ministry supplies. Uh oh. No, that's not how it works, friends. The fivefold ministry was given for the equipping of the saints so that they could perform a work of the ministry. By that which every joint, you're not called to be somebody that just sits out in a chair and lets the preacher go up the mountain, get the word for you, and come down and tell you what he says. You're called to go up the mountain yourself. Will you do that? I'm, I'm here to challenge you tonight. Don't be a ministry dependent people. Because that's going off the scene. According, are you, by that which every joint supplies, so you have a choice tonight, friends. Are you going to be a consumer or a supplier? Yeah. If you're going to be a supplier, you need to take advantage of the connection with the source that's been made available to every blood-bought, born-again, spirit-filled child of the living God. According to the effectual working in the measure of what? Every part. Okay. There's some of you in here tonight, some of you young people, some of you young men, some of you young women, some young couples, that you were born in this. And you've been in this all of your life. Can I submit to you tonight that it may be the time for you to be teachers? For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again the doctrines of Christ that we heard about last night. It's time for God's people to grow up. It's time for you to take the next step in faith to become a supplier and not just a consumer. That there would be the working in the measure of every part. This is not just for the ministry. Parents, it's just a good picture. 
I have a 26-year-old son. Can I tell you that, thankfully, even if I wanted to, he will not let me <laughs> treat him the way I did when he was 15. You know what? It would be weird. It's the same thing for a people that are always ministry dependent. You see, there's one thing about being a baby. It's another thing about being 40 years on milk that maybe you're not a baby. Maybe it's a dwarf. And maybe it's because you don't want to take the time to pay the price yourself. And there are, are children in the natural that go and live with their parents and they're 40 years old and mom and dad are still paying the bills and taking care of them. But I want to tell you, if they're a good parent, they're going to give them this, the right foot of fellowship. <laughs> get your lazy out the door and get a job and become a supplier and not just a consumer. We did our job. We're tired. <laughs> it's time for you, friends, to realize that you're not stuck in protracted infancy. It's time to grow. It's time to take advantage of the provision and use it to grow. Unto a perfect man. Unto a mature man. Because the manifestation of the sons of God and the, 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 uh, the, the revealing and unveiling of this perfect man is the same thing. Two more scriptures and I'm going to sit down. Isaiah chapter 13. And maybe I'll have Brother Dan sing a song. Would that be all right? Uh, Isaiah chapter 13. Verse 9. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. Look at how these two things are happening at the same time. Cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay desolate, the land desolate, he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it, for the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause their light to shine, and I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Have you ever seen the world in such a shape as it is tonight? When you have leaders of what the greatest nation, supposedly, on the planet, that when they're asked, what is a woman? Uh, or, or the confusion, the gender confusion, all the stuff that's going on out there. The mystery, it's accelerated so fast over the past four or five years. But can I tell you something? The mystery of iniquity is accelerating. But you can be sure of this. It will not outpace the mystery of godliness, of God being manifested in your flesh. And that's what Job said. In all that he was going through, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and in my flesh I'll see God. All these things are going on. Look at verse 12. While that's all going on, what's God doing? I will make a man yeah. of the twain, making one new man more precious than fine gold, yeah. even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. Isaiah 32. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness and princes shall rule in judgment. Hello, princes. What is a prince? A prince is the son of a king. And a man. Or as the Amplified says this, and each one of them shall be like a hiding place from the wind. 
I shelter from the storm like streams of water in a dry place. Didn't Jesus say that he that believeth in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers? It's the same river that flowing in Ezekiel 36 from under the threshold of the house, that wherever those waters went, they brought healing. And this man, this corporate man, each, each limb of Christ's body, shall be like a hiding place from the wind, a shelter from the storm, like streams of water in a dry place, like the shade of a great rock in a weary land to those who turn to them. And then the eyes of those who see will not be closed or dimmed, and the ears of those who hear will listen. God's going to unstop the blind eyes. He's going to open every ear that's been closed. But what they're all waiting, they're all on hold. Even as everything was on hold until Benjamin came up to the older brother Joseph. And Simeon was bound, which means hearing. And all the brethren, all the other brethren, all the creation could not hear until Benjamin came up and joined the older brother. They're waiting for you. And they're waiting for me. To allow the provision of grace and the full redemption that's in Christ to have its full effect in us and to cause us to grow. Just keep growing, sons of God. For the hour, the hour of the harvest and the hour of His appearing and, and yours is at hand. Thank you for your patience. has to be here. You hear me okay?
There are much stronger ones, and you will gain the strength of the